Welcome to the Entrepreneur's MBA, bringing you lessons from real-life entrepreneurs they don't teach in business school. Here's your host, business coach and marketing strategist, Adam Kipnis. We always hear a lot about potential, that we don't reach our potential or we have a higher potential. You know, in athletics, we talk about the potential of an athlete in growing up our parents in our parent-teacher conferences hear about their children's potential and what we can do. But a lot of us don't always feel like we've reached our potential or actually know what that means. How do we know what our potential is and how do we meet it? And a lot of times it's because we're not making all of the connections of ourselves. We are very passionate about our business. We know what, to, what we wanna do and we wanna go help people, but we don't connect it necessarily to the intellectual side or other times we know the, the reasons that our systems work or why people should buy our products, but we don't connect emotionally with our prospects. So it's tying those two, the intellectual and the spiritual together to reach our full potential. My guest today is an expert in this field, and we're going to learn a lot about what it means to reach our potential and more importantly, how we can go about doing it. This is Adam Kipnis, host of the Entrepreneur's MBA podcast. I appreciate you taking some time to listen today. The show is always is brought to you by powertexting.com and C-Suite Radio. Powertexting.com as a great sponsor gives away a free hotel stay to one listener of every episode we do. So stay tuned for more information on that. And as we talk about reaching your potential, how we do it, the intellectual side, the spiritual side is important. So is the marketing side. That's where I come in and I can help you with that. If you get my book at freebookfromadam.com, it's eight steps to make more money in your business. So as our guest today ties together the two parts of our lives to help you be more successful. This is a way you can add even more money to that. So definitely go out and grab that book. My guest today is a human potential thought leader, best-selling author, personal growth and business coach, member of Mensa, also an award-winning artist and scientist who's simulating upbeat and inspirational writings have helped countless people all over the world. She's been published in the Huffington Post, Thrive Global, as well as many others, and been an expert speaker at many international conferences. She also received a top 20 global thought leader and influencer at the Future of Work and a top 30 under 30 award. And she's a multiple books that we'll hear about. Catherine B. Roy, thanks for being on the show today. I'm looking forward to this conversation. Thank you so much for having me. I'm honored. Yes, this is going to be a really interesting conversation because a lot of people don't don't get the spiritual side or they're all spiritual and don't don't get the intellectual side. So we'll get to to how that came to be in your life, but let's start a little bit about your background. You grew up in um a, essentially a a country at war and that was formative in your life and it was something you had to overcome as well as other things. Tell us a little bit about that journey. Yes, that's true. I was born in ex-Yugoslavia and my life was really a roller coaster. I grew up in this dysfunctional family and basically dealt with fear uh, almost half of my life. I was lucky enough to be recruited when I was in high school to go to scientific center and do researches in the fields of linguistics and uh, media manipulation. So basically as a child who was 
15 years old, I was already working with college professors and scientists, and I published my first scientific work when I was 17 years old. That basically showed me that I can actually create something in my life. But unfortunately, that was 1999 when uh, bombing of ex-Yugoslavia was uh, happening, and I was living uh, there basically two months in the basement without uh, electricity and very little food and water. I was 17 years old and grew up very fast and realized that I don't know if I might live another day, which definitely opened up my horizons. Um, I've graduated economics, business, information technology and marketing and started to work in very successful international company and I was very successful financially and business-wise. But unfortunately, again, I um, was diagnosed uh, with the Koksaki virus in 2008, and doctors predicted that I will live just a year and a half. That was the moment when my spiritual awakening started because I wasn't aware at all that there is, you know, my inner self. I was very, very scientific and business person, and I managed to heal myself and as as you can see doctors were wrong <laughs> <laughs> thankfully they were wrong <laughs> yeah so that was the point when i started to practice meditation and later on when i was dwelling with infertility also which was diagnosed and i am now mom of a three years old boy so um I believe that everything in life is possible and that all our struggles are actually lessons which can make us stronger if we use that power to uh, create something in our lives. So I started to create my system, which you mentioned. Uh, it's called Elegem System for Emotional and Intellectual Development. It is based on two sides. One is obviously emotional and it has defined formulas and algorithms for emotional growth. Why? Because I believe that we all have troubles and problems and situations which can stop us from further success in achieving everything that we want in life. And I believe that we need, need to heal that. But also there are no two same persons on this planet and uh, the same advice will not give this, the, the best result for two different persons. So I created it in the form of algorithms so users basically answer the questions and they are led to a specific side of the algorithm which can help them to solve emotional state. On the other side we have two percent of brain as adults. Uh, as a medicine member, I was pretty much involved in, in um, brain and mind researches. So uh, those are billions and billions of cells which we can develop and, and connect. And that is enormous potential which we have. So I created a simple and very funny IQ training and incorporated associative memory in it so we can uh, remember longer and decide faster and Basically, I'm increasing the level of emotional and intellectual potential of a user and uh, using it in different fields. What I did in my life, I used it in business development and uh, the results that I have achieved are the results of using my system. So my book became a bestseller on its release day. Uh, I was completely unknown author, but I was endorsed by Brian McGill, who is uh, New York Times, Wall Street Journal, USA Today bestselling author, nominated for a Nobel Peace Prize. 
Uh, also, Ariana Huffington directly gave me access to Huffington Post so that I can share my story. And that is how my, basically, business development began. I didn't even plan it, but it happened. And I love the background, and, and there's so much that you've been able to accomplish. But I've got a couple of questions sort of along that journey. You had mentioned growing up in war and the, you know, the feeling that today might be your last day. And then you dealt with trauma again with the diagnosis that you had. From the, 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 the first experience in the war, obviously that you can bring probably despair to your life of why even try and be more successful because it's not really worth it. And then years later, you get diagnosed. Did you learn from that first experience? Did that help you in overcoming and proving the doctors wrong? Definitely, because I, I was just thinking, okay, girl, if you survive that, this should be nothing. <laughs> <You know? Yeah. laughs> I mean, that, that was something that someone else was deciding in my name and I was not guilty for anything. So I was just there in that basement, don't know what to do. I was taking care of a lot of kids who were afraid. So I was helping other people in that, in that time. And I realized that I have some kind of energy which actually uh, helps people to overcome things. So when I realized that and when I faced the diagnosis, I thought, okay, now maybe it's time for you to help yourself. So I went to monastery to retreat. I was there seven days. I was doing everything that monks were doing. I was living with them. And I basically healed there. And I believe that's because I kind of my, uh, found my own peace and my peace of mind and established that connection between my inner self and my mind, which was always very active and it's working nonstop, you know. So uh, definitely those experiences back then, then, those were traumas. But now I see that as incredible force because I'm sure that if I overcame that, then everyone can overcome anything that comes on their way. I, I love that. I love that. And you have, a, you know, a scientific brain, you have a scientific background <clears throat> for many, and this is a sweeping generalization, I know, but for many really, really smart, scientifically based people, being an entrepreneur and setting your own course is often very difficult. Um, and many people end up working in laboratories and, and working on projects. What made that transformation happen to you where you said, all right, there is this softer side, this emotional side that I have to learn or that I can implement. Was there like a moment that, that did that? Obviously the illness helped, but how did that switch in your brain? Well, actually that happened during the meditations when I was diagnosed with fertility in 2012 there was a meditation challenge by Oprah and Dibek. And I obviously didn't believe in any of that <laughs> as a scientist, right? Because right. I need proof, I need proof, I need to experiment, I need, you know. But when you come into the situation that you, you don't know what to do and they, can, they say you can solve it, then you grab everything you can just to try. And I was doing the meditational challenges back then with Oprah and Dibek and, um, fourth time of the, the process, the fourth day, I basically started to, if I may say, receive information or, or 
uh, hear my own voice, which was giving me some kind of insight, and I was writing it down. And none of that made sense because nothing that I learned before was like that. You know, I was mathematical department in high school. I was linguistical researches. I graduated economics. Those are all very serious science. I mean, and now I'm facing something which doesn't have a form. But later on, when I was going through those notes, which I made, uh, my book started to develop itself. It started to unfold. And I needed my own space. I needed to express myself. And I couldn't do that in uh, the environment that I was in, when, where there were scientists and engineers. And they just couldn't understand that. So obviously English is not my native language, but I decided to translate that in English and see if I can find people who actually can understand that. And not only that I found people, but my quote reached 1.2 million people in just seven hours. So. Wow. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's, a, that's, a, that's obviously an amazing number. And um, prob there's probably some science behind the, how that happened that we can probably talk about in a few minutes. But were you able, through, the, through doing meditation and doing it over and over and essentially doing personal testing on yourself, were you able to come up with a formula that, that uncovered itself? So could you make the spiritual side provable? Yes. <laughs> I, I was ho I was hoping that was the answer. <laughs> yes. So I I I didn't stop there because I needed a proof and I was tapping into the quantum physics. Yeah, I'm I'm a geek. So <laughs> <laughs> I was tapping into the quantum physics and the work by Nikola Tesla. Nikola Tesla was born in the region where, where I was born, so we all grew up with his, with his teachings. And he wasn't only the scientist for electricity and, and physics and all of that, but he actually practiced energetic healing. And uh, quantum physics also has an explanation that everything is energy. If we go back to atom and molecules and every, every other piece that, that we discovered until now, everything has a frequency. And that frequency uh, is on a certain level. So when our mind is running fast, that frequency is kind of going crazy. But if we make a peace of mind and make the, that frequency flow, we actually allow energy to come into our body and to process uh, feelings and emotions through our mind. So basically, mindset is the key. When we transform our mind, when we, when we realize that we are enough, when we realize that we don't need anyone to fulfill us, but we are already complete, then we realize that we actually can bend the reality. So uh, I can feel now the frequency of another person and I know if I'm going to work with that person or not. That's like high level now. Right. But, but basically, if we just move all of that aside and we understand that everything has a frequency and positive frequency gives and attracts positive situations, people and opportunities and the negative frequency attracts negative situations people and opportunities then we will try to shift our mind on the positive side 
and believe me or not, but all the people who actually helped me to grow, and I was just a girl who, who was living in a very small country, and now I am like internationally recognized. They all approached to me. I didn't search for anyone. But I was living in that form of mind, which was actually set for, for success and everything that I have developed until now. So there may be some people out there that aren't ready to fully embrace the um, everything you just said, that you can actually change the world and you can attract people and you can do it all through frequency. But is a, star a good starting point just to believe that everyone has a frequency? Is that a good starting point if people can't fully understand the deeper oh, level? I have a solution for them too, because I was one of them. <laughs> I was definitely one of them. So I, I created a, a very simple breathing exercise. It's not a meditation because a lot of people think that meditation is just mumbo jumbo. So I thought, okay, let's do it scientific way. Uh, in, uh, inhale the, the air just for seven seconds because it is physically hard and exhale the air for seven seconds. And it, it will definitely stop your brain from thinking because the brain is organ for survival and it's set to save us for, from everything that is unknown. And if we force brain to fight for air, it's very physical. It will stop to think and it will just, you know, push you to get air. That is the moment when you, for the first time, should ask yourself, how are you? like very basic and some pe people will think stupid questions, but until you get the inside answer, you shouldn't stop. And you would be surprised what you will get as an answer. But people are afraid because it's unknown to them and they don't know how to tap inside. Uh, so they should take just one step after another and try just this breathing exercise, which is very basic and it can do any any harm until they tap into the alpha state of mind and the alpha state of mind is the moment when our brain doesn't think anymore but actually just show us the new ways the new ideas the new creative opportunities and we will go and just grab them and build our world and create our lives well, that's a, a really simple starting point, so I appreciate that. Um, sometimes it's the, the, the simplest things make the biggest changes. So uh, along those lines, when you had your book, you had some scientific theory on the intellectual side, you were building scientific theory on the spiritual side, and then you created a business to help others in the same way you helped yourself. What was that start like, and what were some of the challenges that came up in trying to express this to clientele, to audiences, to the world? Actually, what happened is that after my book became a bestseller, I was invited on a lot of summits and podcasts and so on and so on. And a lot of people recognized that they can grow through my system. So although at that moment still I wasn't planning to start my own business, people started to approach to me. That is what I'm talking about. When I say people will come to you, people started to approach to me because they saw 
uh, that Brian McGill endorsed me. They saw that I'm published on Huffington Post and Tribe Global. And when you are on those huge platforms, then you have huge visibility and a lot of people just come to you. And I started to work with them. So that expanded, but expanded so much that I finally could incorporate my knowledge in business and marketing and information technology. So basically now I'm helping people to increase their visibility and leads and to uh, develop their own businesses. My mission is to help them do what they love and to make their business flourish on the way that I did it, which I'm doing proof and my results are proof that it's really working. And when, when those people started to come to you originally, did you make the fatal, the fatal flaw of most of us and give that information for free? Or did you naturally know that this was a business and charge them for it? <laughs> I gave everything for free at the beginning. <laughs> <laughs> Don't <thing>. we all? <laughs> Never do that. <laughs> it's, yeah, I mean, it's something that it's a, it's a, uh, you know, a flaw that we all have and we all do it. People ask us and we're like, oh, here's the answer. Um, yes. Until we realize that what we have is really powerful and valuable. Yes, because I, I, I actually became overwhelmed and exhausted <laughs> giving all those answers. And then I thought, hey, wait, but this is business. <laughs> <laughs> so, yes, I gave everything for free. And what's the problem with that is that people actually don't appreciate it uh, as much as when they pay. And they don't commit to it as much as they pay when they pay. And then they don't get the best results. So definitely we should uh, uh, charge for our services. And that's, that's the first mistake I think every entrepreneur does at the beginning. Yeah, I, I totally agree. We're talking to Catherine B. Roy on the Entrepreneur's MBA podcast with Adam Kipnis. As I mentioned earlier, the uh, powertexting.com gives a free hotel stay to one listener of every episode. If you go to podcasttrip.com, you can enter to win that vacation. Uh, four and five star resorts. It's very cool. And I appreciate them for doing that. Now, Catherine, when we talked earlier, a little before the show, I asked about the B in your name. And I said, do you want to be Catherine Roy or Catherine B. Roy? And you said Catherine B. Roy. And you had a specific reason. What's the reason? Well, as I mentioned, uh, I am very well informed about Nikola Tesla's work. And he said, if you can understand the power of num uh, numbers three, six, and nine, you will understand the universe. So I am incorporating uh, the power of three, six, and nine in my name. That's one thing, because actually those numbers, and no one knows why, but uh, leave the most, uh, uh, the best result when it comes to people remembering you. I mean, you can search and you will find Catherine Roy, but you will not find Catherine B. Roy. You will find just me. And that was part of my personal branding. But also, I will now reveal a little trick, if I may, because uh, I think it will help people a lot. Yes, and please. this is something very, uh, not, not many people know. Uh, and what I discovered in my, my studies in media manipulation, Actually, if you, if you look at uh, the names like Marlon Brando and Robert De Niro and Brian McGill and Robin Sharma and Beyonce and Rihanna and so on, and Catherine B. Roy, I'm not sure if you can like this, but when you write that down, you will see that all of those names have three 
specific letters, and that is B, R, and N. As I said, everything has frequency, and B, R, and N are bilinguistical researches, uh, sounds that actually has, have the same frequency in, in all languages. It may sound strange now, but it leaves a subconscious trail uh, when you use them. So good, uh, uh, you know, people who are in, in media on, on very high level, they know that. So the author's name of these people are actually incorporating this rule. So the B is actually for, it stands for the B, uh, a little B which creates honey, which in my language stands for smart. Catherine is for Catherine the Great, and Roy is also in my language, something that's a lot. So there is association behind my name. A lot of smart people which will create a change. So basically it's not just me, it's my mission incorporated in, in the number of three, BRN and the associative memory, which is part of my system. And it ended up that people remember me very easily and I have like 150,000 followers on my networks um, for just few years while I'm, I'm in public. And I would just like to tell people to try that and to see what will happen. Interesting, and you can find her at katherinebroy.com, on Instagram and Twitter at, at katherinebroy, LinkedIn, katherinebroy. So if you look up katherinebroy, you will find her everywhere. So if you're like me, my middle initials are, but Adam Kipnis does not have any B's or N's in it. Am, am, I, just, am I just broken or what do I do? No, <laughs> no. But you can, you can incorporate that in the name of your product or service or something like that, you know. Uh, just, just create something which incorporates this. Uh, like, like I have the Unlimited Impact Premium Masterclass and I add Catherine Bureau because I know my name has it. But you just can uh, play with it when you create the title of your next book or, I don't know, a new product or new service. It's, it's just like something that adds a little bit of spice, you know, and, and makes people remember the, the name longer. Well, it's, it's important to be memorable, right? Because if people know who you are before you walk into the room, your ability to work with them, your ability to do business with them goes up exponentially. Exactly, yes. So I want to talk a little bit about the, the marketing side uh, of what you've done. You know, 1.2 million, um, you know, books in seven hours um, is almost an unfathomable infathomable amount. What, what was some of the process and some of the thinking that allowed that to happen? Well, um, you need someone behind you who is extremely huge. That is my secret. So Ryan McGill is someone who has like 13 million followers just on Facebook. And uh, his statistics in McGill Media show that um, it goes something like CNN, then McGill Media, then Pew Places, and then Oprah. So basically the secret is to... Um, getting in contact with important people who can help you to grow. Uh, it, it wasn't 1.2 million books. It was 1.2 million reach on Facebook, just to not make people confused. Uh, but Still a really impressive number. <laughs> yeah. What actually happened is that uh, 
there was a group and there still is a group called the Royal Society on Facebook. And that group is uh, created by Brian Gill as a space where people can create video content and support each other. And at the beginning, of course, I was afraid a little bit because of my accent and how people will respond and I needed a little bit support. So I showed up there and my first videos were created there. Uh, in one of my videos, I said that I'm the only person who will absolutely for sure spend the whole lifetime with myself. And that if I want to have good relationships with other people, then I need to have good relationship with myself. One of the members of the group saw that and actually she created the content around that. But uh, what happened is that Brian liked that and actually he published it through the Nikhil Media. And that is how one, you know, little girl got so much attention. <laughs> Uh, you need a community, you need support groups, you need people who trust you, who will support you and who will help, help you in your uh, development process, especially in business. And now that's kind of easy because you have Facebook, you can, uh, uh, you know, get in contact with already huge names and, and uh, uh, go into their groups until you start to create your own community. So the community is the most valuable uh, uh, currency in existence. More people who are there to support you, more success you will have. I think that's so powerful and so well said in that many people and many of the clients that I work with are sort of afraid to put themselves out there and afraid to do videos or afraid to reach out to powerful people or afraid to... Um, you know, to, to ask the social media universe for support. Um, and any scientific uh, basis or thought process around why, why people do that, knowing how easy it really is and that people are really giving in this world, why do people hesitate? Well, yes, of course. <laughs> uh, as I said, our brain is an organ for survival. And our brain is set to save us from unknown. And our brain will create fears, distractions, and procrastination in order to keep us safe and comfortable. Uh, what we have to understand that fear is good. If you don't, if you are not afraid of something, then you doesn't don't care about that. If you are afraid of something, it gives you actually a sign that there is something new behind that wall which will help you grow. So your brain will say, don't go there, don't do that, or you will have even worse uh, uh, um, sentences in your mind, you're not good enough, and so on. But your heart, that's where we come to the emotional part, your heart knows that you are safe because you are doing something you love. And that is why the breathing exercise I mentioned and meditation are needed, because we need I will say that now this very, to shut up our brain and to stop it from the, 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 the mechanism of keeping us safe under quotation marks. So I want to tell people, I was afraid, terrible afraid. And I did that first video 12, 12 times. 
and I, I nothing was was perfect. Nothing was working. My camera was, oh, it was terrible. <laughs> believe me. But I published it, and I didn't publish it in public again because I was afraid. I published it. That was in 2015. I published it in that closed group because I knew that the set of, of that group is support and not there are no haters over there. So I felt safe. And what happened is actually that Brian McGill saw my first video and he made the first comment and said, finally, you stepped up. So if oh. someone so huge saw me, then, okay, I made another one and another one. <laughs> and now you can see me live streaming on, on such uh, uh, serious platforms like LinkedIn. So I love that. I think, you know, just doing the first, whatever that first is, doing the first is the impossible. Once you get past that, it's all downhill from there. Now you yes. said right before we jumped on that you've never been busier, your calendar's never been more full, and you've never been happier, which is a wonderful place to be. But that all doesn't come from frequency and from videos. There's obviously a lot of work behind the scenes. What, what were some of the first things that, that you sort of jumped on as you started to get busier and did more of? You know what I mean? What, what can people say, all right, what can I do more of to get that ball rolling like you did? Well, now I will, I will reveal a few tips which actually really bring results. And I will maybe change the perception of uh, online business by saying that every single um, booking on my calendar in September, and I'm all booked, came from LinkedIn. Oh, okay. So, no, so I was huge on other platforms, not on LinkedIn. And I was very popular on other platforms. Like I have over 30,000 followers on Instagram and over 30,000 followers on Facebook and on Twitter. But what, what actually was a game changer for me is discovering LinkedIn. And now I will tell you why. LinkedIn was bought by Microsoft a few years ago, and Microsoft invested a lot in changing LinkedIn of the way that it was before. LinkedIn was just an online CV. Now it's the best network for business. Why? Because they're all people there are serious, real, and in business mindset. So you are not uh, losing your time with other people who are there just to play, like Facebook and Instagram. And actually what really changed the game was video content and very precisely defined marketing strategy behind creating the video content. And in short time, I've reached the level that I can't accept more clients just by adjusting my LinkedIn summary and my video content on LinkedIn as it is now. So I reached from 1,000 to 55,000 views per video on LinkedIn. And that's incredible reach on, on such a serious platform. So high that LinkedIn allowed me to do live streaming from there, which is better. And it has just 2% of, of uh, users. And I basically became LinkedIn Ninja, how they call me now. And I'm helping people to, to get visibility and leads by 
incorporating uh, LinkedIn strategy. That's awesome. I appreciate the tips. I appreciate all the knowledge today. Thanks, Catherine B. Roy, for the knowledge, for the opportunity, and for being on the show today. I really appreciate it. It's my pleasure. Thank you. You're welcome. And thanks, everyone, for listening to the Entrepreneur's MBA with Adam Kipnis. Appreciate your support on the podcast and look forward to having you listen to the next one. You've been listening to the Entrepreneur's MBA. Download Adam's free book, How to Make More Money in Your Business at www.freebookfromadam.com. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.